You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? It's Faraz. It's Zach. 314 is almost over. And you might already have a good idea of whether you're going to make the playoffs or not. I'm yeah. hoping. I'm hoping that you're happy on this Monday morning. A lot of people, a lot of people, a little, a little upset, you know, a lot of underperformers yesterday on Sunday. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, if you didn't have a, a handful of guys who kind of did their thing, you know, you weren't looking, you were looking at a pretty low scoring week for the most part, right? There weren't a lot of ridiculously, you know, high scoring uh, players. So, you know, a lot of people scratching and clawing, you know, on their way to a week 14 victory. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you guys were able to come away with the victory and make your way into the playoffs. I know a lot of people are fighting for that, that week, you know, that week 15 bye as well, you know, that buy, you know, that, that makes a huge difference because then you, yeah. all you got to worry about is week 16 and week 17 and, you don't have to worry about picking up somebody just to start in week 15. Maybe you have a couple of guys that need to get healthier for week 16. Uh, yep. You know, that it means a lot. So and, you know, hopefully you guys were able to do it. And with fantasy football, you know, you're protected from that fluke performance. All it takes is one. All it's just one bad week. You know, your team can be fantastic every week. And then you have one bad performance in the playoffs and you're done. So definitely that buy, like you said, a, a big difference maker, even though it might not seem like it. I had Travis Etienne going yesterday. I had Jonathan Taylor on by. Christian McCaffrey, though, came through for yeah. me. Uh, right. Big time. I needed that performance. He is um, back. He's back. And you know who's not back? DeAndre Swift. No. DeAndre Swift is not back. We'll talk about him in a second. But um, <laughs> yeah. just want to talk about our, our league real quick. So I was going into last night's game, you know, projected to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a chance that I was going to miss the fantasy playoffs. However, uh, I was going up against Jeff Wilson. He uh, he did not come through, right? Because he got injured. of the fact that he got hurt. Okay, so I got lucky there. <laughs> and then my opponent also had Tua Tagovailoa, who also that, had a pretty yeah. down down game. It was it could have been a lot worse. It was bad up until you know garbage time, pretty much. Sure, and then he got a Tyreek ended up getting that touchdown. That receiving mm-hmm. touchdown. He ended up with two touchdowns. Dude, that 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 fumble recovery that he picked up and then went all the way around the, the defense for that touchdown, that was amazing. <laughs> that was such yeah. a cool No, play. that was cool. Yeah. It, it does I, it does suck that he doesn't get the yardage for that though for fantasy. Yeah, no, that's really stupid. I don't know. But you think about it, would you really count that then? Like that that's that's tough. Because we saw that with Derek Henry. It would be it was a similar situation. Derek Henry trailing Burks a couple of weeks ago. Like Derrick Henry ran. Well, Derrick Henry yards. should get the yard. Derrick Henry should get the yardage, and then Traylon mm-hmm. Burke should get the touchdown. In that case, in this case, it was a uh, what was it? Jeff Wilson fumble, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Um, and you know, so he didn't lose the fumble, so he he shouldn't lose any points. Um, but he should get the yardage that he gained on that play, which was what like just a couple yards. I think it's twelve. Or I think it was and then, twelve. Oh, yeah. was it really? Oh, I think and then and then Tyreek Hill should get the yardage from wherever that was. I think it was like a 40-yard, 50-yard touchdown, something like that. What? Yeah, it was, something like I think that. it was so. 60 yards. I mean, what I saw when it went into the play-by-play, it said like exactly. it 60. So Exactly. That's a so, whole touchdown. <laughs> I feel like he should have got those yards. yards. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's just me, though. They should allow um, like complete custom scoring options in fantasy. Obviously, it's tough, but you know, like just allow us to have full control. That would be crazy. Yeah, I think we do have control on some of these platforms. We just don't think about it. <laughs> it's like set it that way. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but you know, I think so. Yeah. So now going into tonight, I'm down by twenty in PPR, and I have Mac Jones and Hollywood Brown left. So I think I'm looking okay. You know, I'm not going to wood here, but I think I'm looking okay. Obviously, I need them yeah. to have decent games. You know, Mac Jones has a good matchup. You know, Hollywood, decent matchup, you know. Uh, I'm really curious to see where Cliff Kingsbury lines up Hollywood this week without Rondell Moore in the fold. Does Greg Dorch get that slot role? Who knows? I don't know. Right. But uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Now, uh, Mac Jones, I'm just, feeling okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> but like you never know with Mac Jones. <laughs> I, I I would be less worried about Mac Jones than Marquise Brown. I'm not worried about Marquise Brown either, but I think Mac Jones, he's pretty much a lock for like 10 points. You know, obviously it's okay. I, I don't want to like, you know, jinx anything. You hear me? You, you hear me? Yeah, there we go. I'll knock too. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is he's been very consistently, you know, and he, his production has been mediocre, but if you need 10 points, I feel like you have that coming for you, especially like we said, with a good matchup against the Cardinals. They're not the Vikings, but they're not a good defense. They'll have um, some bad days. I think this could be a bad day um, for the Cardinals defense again. I think this could be a high scoring game. Mac Jones should be just fine. He's a game manager. That's why you see his ceiling isn't very high, but um, yeah. he, he's efficient enough that he can get it done for it. And then you're relying on Marquise Brown. He led the team in targets last week over DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he needs to lead the team in targets to score 10 points. So I'm looking at it like that way. All you need yeah. is both of them to score 10 points, and I think you can get that easily. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. If it gets to like halftime, though, and you're not at least halfway there, I What should worry. I do, Zach? What should I do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask I'm me. Like, uh, I'm turning that game me. off and going to sleep. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up and hope, hope that you know things went my favor. Yeah, how did your matchup me, go yesterday? Yeah, don't ask me about how to play fantasy football, I guess, at this point. Um, <laughs> it's a sad, sad story. So can I just tell a quick story quick? Please. You know what I'm, I'm going to throw Please. it all the way back to week 12. Yeah, when I chose to start Trey McBride over Hayden Hurst. And it was only a nine-point difference, but I lost by one point that week. <laughs> that made this week, just week 14, a win in your end game, and I'm missing Justin Fields and Brian Robinson on by, and I was a waiver wire team this week. I mean, I had Justin Herbert, and like you said, we had a bunch of playmakers and a bunch of you know generally high scoring players really just put up duds this week, and I fell victim to that big time. DeAndre Swift looked like he was back, six point nine points PPR. Devontae Adams, ten points. Gabe Davis, okay, he had six points. Amari Cooper, he had six points. Daniel Bellinger was out. I started him from the waiver wire. Devontae Parker yet to play, but I don't think he's putting up 70. Devin Duvernay had zero. <laughs> My only pickup, I picked up Truba Hubbard, and he put up 18. So, you know, props there. I picked him up. I started him. Justin Herbert had 19. I lost by 70, and I am going to be out of the playoffs because I don't think I have the tiebreaker for points four. So that's how my week is going. Brutal. It's been Brutal. rough. It's fine. It's fine, though. It's okay. It's okay. It is I'm okay, still, Zach. I, yeah. I'm just going to play DFS <laughs> the rest of the year. You know, that, just, that's play, just, just play underdog. You know, we're going to be doing yeah. these drafts every week now. By the way, the draft that we did uh, with our community on Friday, uh, you know, on the podcast, we came in second. Second so overall? Bad. Yeah. What do you mean second? Second this week. Like we came in second place. Like with that draft that, that, that we did on Friday. Oh, of the six teams? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were saying second place, like, overall. I was like, isn't that a ton of money? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. No, like, no, out not of the yet. Not yet. I have to check that one to see what, what we ended up doing and how, how yeah. we did. I'm gonna ch let's check it live right now and see where we ended up. Um, I did one of my it, own, it, and it wasn't – it was looking good, and then it wasn't. I, I rolled the dice on Saquon <laughs> hoping you could get him out of value. How's our team do? I know we had Tony Pollard, so that was okay, right? I think – did we have Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey? I can't remember. Let's see. For some reason, I, I can't had, find – oh, here we go. I think we had Pollard and CMC. We also had Geno Smith and DK Metcalf on the stack, and they didn't do a whole lot. So we did, very human. we did pretty well. We won $9 from our $5 Woo! entry. So we ended up – I'm trying to see exactly where we ended up. But we ended up, like, pretty high. Um, I think it's like it, top thirty percent wins. So like, yeah, exactly. We were in the top thirty. We were, I think, we were in the top twenty. Honestly, um, yeah, we did pretty good. So we had Greg Dulcich, Chris Godwin, he dudded, DK Metcalf, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, and Geno Smith. So yeah. you know, if we chose a better tight end or a better wide receiver, I think we would have, we would have won some more money. Yeah, but, I saw. Did you look at the winners? The their lineups. It was all Eagles. <laughs> it was Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith. Like. Yep, it, it was just all Eagles. All right, so, yeah. let's do it, man. Let's let's get into uh, week fourteen. Like let's review it. Let's um, get into what the people are here for. <laughs> and we we're gonna review. We're gonna 
you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of touch points here where people can be like, oof, that one hurt. I get it. Okay, let's yeah. go through it, though. Uh, this one could a be big, A huge, a huge <laughs> disappointment, honestly, like for me, was T. Higgins and yeah. what happened there. You know, he wasn't listed on the injury report going into the weekend, yet, you know, in the game, it was reported that he's available but may not play that much due to a hamstring injury. You know, he was on the field for one snap in this game. And apparently yeah. a, a report came out after the game from Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com that he tweaked his hamstring pregame. Uh, and that's a really unfortunate situation. I wish we could have found out about this pregame. Now, re- you ready for the conspiracy theory? What is it? Jeff Hobson works for Bengals.com. Okay. Yeah. It's the official Bengals website. And he's the only one that has reported that he tweaked his hamstring pregame. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really what happened here. Okay. And I'm, I'm because the, the report during the game said that he was coming into the game expecting to not play that much. But yet he was off the injury report. So there was hmm. some sort of, you know, some sort of something going on there. And yeah. that's not cool, right? Because nah. people are putting so much money up in DFS, people putting so much money up, just just betting on the game in general. But the NFL needs to be more transparent about this. The Bengals need to be more transparent. This is the second time that they did this with T. Higgins, right? And, you know, it's a situation where it's not cool, man. Like, they have to report these type of injuries to be transparent. Like, I, yeah. I want the Bengals, like, I would love for the Bengals to be fine. Like, or Zach Taylor to be fine. Like, it, they have to because otherwise the integrity of the game gets a little tarnished here. And, you know, all these people who are putting up money, you know, they're screwed, you know, because of, yeah. of situations like this. Now, I, that did really confuse me. I, I I didn't figure he was going to miss as much time as he did. You know, he said he played, he played one snap. One snap. Yeah, one snap, that's pretty bad. You know, it's one thing if you get injured during the game. I think that was the case with Tyler Boyd. Um, so yes. that, you know, that happens, but coming into he, the game, he, just... he dislocated Tyler Boyd dislocated his finger, uh, early in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff happens, but you're right. Like if he's going to go out, what's the point of playing him one snap and then pull him off the field. That's just like, you know, a kick in the nuts to the fantasy. Listen, community. And yes, if he was on the injury report, if he was questionable going into the game. Okay. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. But you, you, you took him off the injury report. Right. Yeah. That, that, that makes no sense with, with it. It's like. I feel funny complaining about it because it's like, this is fantasy football. You know, it's like who cares if fantasy football? This guy's hurt or not. You know, that's the way it goes. But it's like, it still counts because a lot of people have money riding on this. And I've talked to a lot of people and it's pretty much an agreement. I don't know if you would agree, but fantasy football is now bigger than football itself. You know, and all the yeah, DFS yeah. and the betting. It's so much bigger than the game. Um, obviously, the important part of the game is the players, but that kind of clarification makes a big difference. Like people probably had really bad days yesterday. Obviously, if you're playing yes. like a five dollar underdog um, draft, Whatever. like we did, who cares? But it doesn't matter. if you're picking pl- player props and you have a lot of money on it, like that's yeah. That, that's I also think it, it doesn't really like it. Ma- like it matters, and we care about it for fantasy purposes, like just our fantasy leagues. For me, yeah. it doesn't even matter as much for fantasy. But like when it comes to like daily, like DFS, like people putting up big money. When it comes yeah. to betting, people putting up big money. There's a lot oh, of yeah. money involved in these games here. And the NFL knows it. I mean, they're partnered with the DraftKings of the world and all these other, they're partnered with sports books, right? Yeah. So it's not like the NFL is denying any of this. They're partnered with these guys. So, you know. It, it, it's it's interesting, man, and I'm hoping that you know they can kind of get that right because that <laughs> what happened yesterday with T. Higgins was not was not cool at all. No. Um, but yeah, <laughs> a, anyway. Uh, so Tyler Boyd, yeah, he dislocated his finger too. Um, it, it, they're calling it a week to week injury. It's possible that he's back next week, but maybe not. It's possible that Joe Burrow uh, has only Jamar Chase for the most part next week to throw yeah. to. But just keep an eye on on that situation. Uh, you know, going into next week with the Bengals um, receivers, yeah. Would you pick up either Trent and Trent instead of have Trent Irwin and Trent Taylor? <laughs> would you pick either? I don't of them know. Up? Uh, not really. I mean, it's not like they got like a bunch of targets or anything like that. Like the target distribution really just ended up going towards Jamar Chase. Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Like maybe, maybe Joe Mixon, Samaje P Ryan just end up getting more targets. Like if these guys are out, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think I can depend on either of those guys next week. 
Um, e- even in a desperate situation, like probably not. Like I probably won't be going in, going that way. Um, right. Maybe they'll, they'll come up with like a touchdown or something like that. Like maybe, but uh, since I didn't really see the targets distributed outside of Jamar Chase, I'd probably stay away. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. I, I was just interested because that is suddenly a really thin wide receiver room. We're coming in the week. Oh, yeah. It looked loaded, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, now, it was reported that Amari Cooper was going to be in a snap count, but he wasn't. He ran a route on 44 of 49 dropbacks, uh, but only ended up with two catches for 42 yards and seven targets. It was DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who got the targets and the production. Eight catches for 114 yards and 12 targets uh, on 12 targets. Uh, and this was a tough matchup. Um, now, and Deshaun Watson also looking for David Njoku pretty often. He ended up second in targets with nine, caught seven for 59 and a touchdown. So, right. you know, he's solid moving forward like if you have Najoku, you're starting him um as your tight end one so it's interesting because now deshaun watson you know we'll see if amari you know can get something going with deshaun because it hasn't yeah. happened through two games now yes amari was banged up but he did play you know on almost every every passing snap uh in yeah. this game so like don't really want to put any excuses up for him because he only caught no. two balls in this game so DPJ though, this is a career game for him. You know, I think moving forward, you can you can start him as a wide receiver three. Um, and the joke obviously you're starting him as well moving forward. Yeah, and this was the concern with Amari Cooper. And it's funny because he looked really good with Jacoby Brissett coming in the season. People were expecting him to play with Deshaun. Maybe if he didn't get the suspension, they were excited about that. Jacoby Brissett came in, he looked good with Jacoby Brissett. Now Deshaun Watson's here. The impact of a quarterback change is huge. And it looks like Diamond Peoples Jones is going to be the guy getting more targets, you know, the rest of the way. I'm not sure. I don't think it's Amari Cooper's fault. I think it's just the way that Deshaun Watson is going to play. Um, he looked a little bit better than he did last week yesterday, but um, nothing too inspiring. I, th- I think Amari Cooper, you know, this is kind of what I'm expecting for him um, the rest of the season. Maybe they go through the entire offseason next season, and next season they come out and he's better. But until Deshaun Watson gets his feet underneath him, you know, I don't think there's any uh, sustainable part of this offense that you can be able to rely be able to rely on besides maybe David Njoku um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, I think he's going to get enough targets to be relevant. Amari Cooper is now, you know, I think he's clearly out of the wide receiver two conversation for me at this point, mm-hmm. at this point, because Deshaun Watson, not only is he not a really good quarterback right now, but he's not looking for Amari Cooper. Obviously he had seven targets, but only caught two of them. Um, a couple of those could go under Sean Watson's shoulders as well. A better pass, you know, could have had Amari Cooper catch a couple more passes. So I think the rest of the way, if I have Amari Cooper, like, am I starting him in my fantasy championships? I, I don't think so. I, unless he's like, a, he, for me, he's like a desperate flex play at this point. And I, I don't want to, I want to say I'm overreacting, but I don't feel like I am in this situation because the receivers here, um, they're not in a good spot with Deshaun Watson. And it also doesn't help that the run game in Cleveland has just dried up. Like, I don't know what that's about with Nick Chubb. He's been super quiet these past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, going into next week, you know, the matchup against Baltimore, as long as Marlon Humphrey stays uh, on the inside, if he stays in the slot, I think Amari Cooper can be fine. Um, we've seen some perimeter wide receivers do their thing against Baltimore lately. Um, so I'm still starting Mari probably as a wide receiver three, solid wide yeah. receiver three. Maybe I'll have him, you know, right around the right, right in my top 30, maybe right at the bottom of my top 30, something like that. Especially with, I think there's no teams on by in week 15, no. right? So none the rest now, of the way. Now think. you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have a lot of options, uh, yeah. to start over Amari Cooper. So, uh, I get it, man. It, he's, it's been tough so far. This, uh, this but was at least a- the good thing is that he'll be at home next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can hang your head on that i mean it's just a fall from grace for amari cooper because he looks so good i was actually calling him a wide receiver one you know with with jacoby Brissett, and then you probably had him three weeks ago you know you're probably thinking all right going into the playoffs you know things um can only get better you know maybe deshaun Watson comes back and looks good you know i have my wide receiver one or even a strong wide receiver wide receiver two locked up for the playoffs and it's been worst case scenario with Desha- deshaun watson's turn return from a fantasy perspective and that's what I'm talking about. Like, you're hurting, definitely, if you had yeah. him. And your now, value is, is like way down. One thing to keep in mind, though, that these two matchups were tough matchups, okay? Yeah. Against Houston, 
tough matchup. They only allowed one wide receiver one week all season long. Cincinnati, tough matchup as well. So, you know, coverage rolling towards Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones having a big game. You know, don't over – I wouldn't. I would say don't overdo it with Amari Cooper, right? Like, I, I'm not – I'm not getting I don't want to get too cute with it next week. I'm still gonna start Amari right. Cooper. Um, but you know, obviously if you have options, you gotta consider them. Yeah. Um, okay, so JK Dobbins came back last week, this on Sunday. He took 15 carries for 120 yards in the touchdown. Good stat line. You know, he did have a big 44 yard run. Um, you can kind of tell that he's not a hundred percent because yeah, he should have took that one about. to the house. You, yeah, you saw it, right? Like yep. the way he was running, it's like, whoa, like why is he running like his, that? So you can tell like, he he was favoring one of his sides. That's for it looked sure. like he had like weights on his legs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, exactly. like, it looked like he was exerting himself, picking his feet up. Right. And you can tell that one he was like favoring one side. Like it was almost yeah. like he was limping, but he wasn't. Um, but overall, solid day. He split carries with Gus Edwards 15 to 13. Um, you know, so I think moving forward, he's probably like a touchdown dependent, you know, low end RB2. Now keep in mind that Tyler Huntley left the game with a concussion. He might be out next week. So they have an undrafted yeah. rookie quarterback, Anthony Brown. Uh, you know, who I'm not even sure you can trust in Superflex leagues, you know, next week. No. But, you know, we'll see if the Ravens, you know, choose to address the position somehow, you know, pick somebody up off the street today um, yeah. and, you know, kind of bring him in. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I don't know who it would be, um, but but we'll see. I think um, they have to pick somebody up. I mean, if like this Cam offense Newton? has any hope, that's what I was just going to say. Cam Newton. I don't yeah. know if he'd be a fit. You know, obviously, he's I think, been out I think of he would fit. a little bit. I, I think, think he would fit. fit. I think he yeah. could do what they need to do because assuming yeah. Tyler Huntley is just a concussion, you know, that's not a long-term injury. It might be a week or two. Um, he should be back yeah. relatively soon. And I think Tyler Huntley is clearly an upgrade over Cam Newton. But if you're going to pick anybody up, you know, he could fit he could fit the system because it's funny because I hadn't heard about Cam Newton for like the entire season. And then a, a post popped up on my feed. I mean, he, he, he's just busy doing podcasts right now. Yeah. Like he, he has so, a – he. He has his Freaky Friday podcast, whatever the hell it's called, and like he's just yeah. doing that pretty much. Um, I, so yeah, they absolutely uh, have to pick somebody up. They have to because if they want any hope of clinging to the playoffs, I mean, obviously they're going to be in the playoffs. I think, assuming a collapse doesn't happen, but if they want to maintain seeding, then they, they have to pick somebody up because this is they just good, handed the ball off. It's a good matchup for these running backs next week against Cleveland. But if they don't have a quarterback, if Anthony Brown is going to be their quarterback, then they can just stack the box. Right? Yeah, and they don't, and they also don't have weapons like that. So like who are yeah. they who who do they need to defend besides Mark Andrews right so they can the, even though the Browns are is you know they're a tough they're an easy matchup for running backs this could turn into a tough matchup for running backs real fast yeah. um so I'm not hanging my hat that J.K. Dobbins is going to have a big game next week by any means it's um, a good thing for the Ravens their defense has been playing better because they're going to need it this next week it's true. That's true. Uh, Kenny Pickett, he he also left the game for with a concussion. Uh, he was cleared. He came back in, and then he left the game again. So, like, don't know what the deal is there. But Mitch Trubisky yep. was the guy pretty much all game long. Uh, my guess is he'll be their starter next week, assuming that Kenny Pickett does have a concussion. Um, Deontay Johnson ended up benefiting from that. He caught six of 82, six four eighty two yards and eight on eight targets. Um, Deontay Johnson had much better games with Trubisky under center. So I'm yeah. more confident in Deontay next week as like a low-end PPR wide receiver three. He wasn't even that for me, you know, going into the last couple of weeks, right. uh, you know, with uh, with Pickett. So, you know, against Carolina, it's a decent matchup. If Trubisky starts, then, uh, you know, I'm I'm okay throwing Deontay in my flex in full PPR leagues. Yeah. Um, we talked That's about that. Deont- yeah, Sorry. That's where Deontay Johnson is going to make his money in PPR. I mean, he's That's not it. much of a play outside of that. He ha, has he caught a touchdown this year? I don't think I don't he has. I don't think so. No. Let me check. Can you believe check that? That's yeah, insane, no touchdowns. Dude. A lot of people were high on Deontay Johnson, too, coming in the season. And then I, I wasn't, but I know I know a couple people who were. It's like the quarterback situation was just so much in flux. I didn't trust it, and it looks like that's kind of, you know. I, I like Deontay Johnson uh, at his price because usually guys who perform as well as he yeah, does continues to perform. Um I think Deontay Johnson, like next year, you know, if I don't know if Pickett's going to be the quarterback, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there, but like we can I easily see, De- I can see Deontay Johnson being this year's version of like Miles Sanders, where Miles Sanders scored zero touchdowns last year, and then right. Deontay Johnson comes in next year and starts scoring, uh, based mm-hmm. on volume. I can see it. 
Like I'm I, he's I find, a good receiver. I, I don't want to give up on him. Yeah, I would be genuinely surprised too. Speaking of giving up, if they would give up on Kenny Pickett that fast, you know, I know. I think that's really rough because we saw a lot of people clamoring for Jalen Hurts to be given up on after those few games last season, and then he's come out and looked a lot better. I think you give Kenny Pickett a little time, and he can he could be pretty good. So I would just give him the time. I don't think and, so. You don't think so? You don't think so? <laughs> I don't see it, man. I don't see right, it. That's I, fine. I, you know, with Jalen Hurts, I saw I saw some potential. I did. Yeah. Um, well, he. You look at the physical tools that he has. You know, he's yeah. He's mobile and he's he's a bigger quarterback. Yeah. I think that you could definitely look at. Yeah. Um, and, and we saw what he did in college. You know, with in good competition. You know, and like you know, he was able to get it done too. Like so, but you know, Pickett yeah. can't say the same for him. But right, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um. Yeah. Let's see what else have we got here. So Pat Fryer within this game. You know, we talked about his rap participation going down last week. It stayed that way for the second game in a row. Luckily, he caught the touchdown, right? So last week, he got lucky because he had that big play. This week, he yeah. got lucky. I mean, listen, we're at the tight end position at this point. Like, you just need to get lucky, right? But uh, mm-hmm. he did catch the touchdown. Uh, but, you know, this is still something to monitor you know, and a reason to lower expectations moving forward. But at the same time, it's like there's not many tight ends to choose from. So at the end of the day, you know, you're probably going to still start him. You know, if he's your only tight end, you're probably going to still continue to start him next week. Would you say he's clearly, clearly out of that, like, solid starter range at this point? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah, Yeah. I think I think think he's in the streaming. He's he's a streamer at this point. He's like if we had a bunch of tight ends to choose from, like he would be in that low end tight end one conversation. Like, you know, do I choose him or do I like he's in the same range as Tyler Conklin to me right now. And yeah. it, it doesn't seem that way, but their route participation is the same. It's just that Conklin hasn't scored, right? Mm-hmm. And he's also not as good of a player as Pat Firemuth. Pat Firemuth is a lot more talented. Um, yeah. but and, and that's why Firemuth is able to kind of overcome it a little bit better than someone do, like Conklin, for, for example. Do you think Greg Dulcich is like head and shoulders above Firemuth at this point? No, because like it, it's like it goes back. There's so many factors, right? It go, it's like route participation. What kind of offense are you on? Uh, right. How talented are you, right? So there's a lot of factors here. Like look at Gerald Everett. His route participation has been low all year long, but in a lot of games he's been able to overcome it because he was quarterback in the offense that he's on, right? Right. Um, That's true. Pat, Pat is his offense isn't as great, but you know when it comes down to it, you know he's able to make plays, um, you know, on limited opportunity. Um, look at, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what, what, uh the, um, Titans, Titans. Chigozim Okonkwo. Uh, Okonkwo, dude, about? like, yeah. You know, we'll get to him in a little bit, but like someone like him, he, he's looking really good, right? And on limited yeah. opportunity, he didn't have a full rap participation this past week or, or the week before, but he was able to get it done because He's looking pretty talented. And we'll, we'll yeah. get to him in a little bit because I have something to say about him. <laughs> Let's go to the Jets real quick, man. Zonovan Knight, you know, he was the guy for the Jets out of the backfield. Out carried Carter 17-5. to five. He caught two balls as well. He's a solid RB2 rest of the season. You know, Detroit, yeah. Jacksonville, Seattle, the next three weeks, right? That's a solid, you know, that's pretty solid right there. And he's going to be yeah. a solid part of your playoff run going forward. Uh, another plus is that this was a two-man backfield rather than a three-man backfield with Michael Carter back. Ty Johnson didn't play a snap in this game, and James Robinson was a healthy scratch. So that's great news moving forward for Zonovan Knight. Yeah, and it was cool that it was a two-man backfield, but did it feel a whole lot like it? <laughs> you know, Zonovan Knight, he got a lot of carries. And yes, oh, yeah. Michael Carter got more targets, but it looks like Zonovan Knight, it's, he's not only going to hold on to that role that he had without Michael Carter. I think with Michael Carter back, you know, they might actually be interested in giving him a majority of the work. And we'll see how they, you know, handle that moving forward. But I think Zonovan Knight, he's not Brees Hall, but maybe they just want to roll with him at this point because he's talent that they drafted, they brought him in, and he's producing, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, Michael Carter, you know, it seems like they're going to be fine even if Michael Carter doesn't produce like he did yesterday. And, of course, they didn't win this game, but Zonovan Knight was not a reason why they weren't winning. You know, he, he was doing very good, and he's going to continue to do that I mean, what if his PPR outputs looked like the past few weeks? 13, 16, 15? Like, I'll take that at my RB2 every week. Oh, yeah. It looks like that's what you're going to get with him. I can see that continuing. You know, Michael Carter, he played 50% of the snaps, but he was really on the field for passing downs. 
Um, you know, he ended up getting five targets in this game, uh, but that's really what his role is going to be. It looks like as far as the run game goes, it's all Zonovan Knight. Yeah, 100%. And that's what's cool. You know, and you don't want to call Zonovan Knight an early down guy because he can get it done in the receiving game too. But, you know, with that early down role, I mean, he's going to be locked in for a lot more touches, I think, than Michael Carter. Oh, yeah, 100%. Michael Carter yeah. can be dropped right now. Straight up. Yeah. He can be dropped. Definitely. He's just a handcuff at this point. You, you can't really play him. Um, and Elijah Moore, man. Elijah Moore led the Jets with 10 targets, 6 for 60. And, you know, we talked about something like this being possible this week based on his rap participation last week. He became a full-time player last week, right? And it was up there again right. this week. It, it wasn't a one-week blip. Uh, and, it, and it probably would have happened whether Corey Davis got banged up or not in this game. By the way, Corey Davis does have a head injury. Looks like he's in concussion protocol. Uh, a lot of concussions this week, dude. But anyway, yeah. um, Elijah Moore, if he's available in your league, he should be picked up. You know, I just talked about the schedule, right, for Zonovan Knight, right? It's the same thing. It, you have Seattle, you have Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle the next three weeks. Those are good matchups for the Jets overall. And if Elijah Moore uh, is going to be in line for a potential 10-target game, he's talented. You know, he, he could do his thing. And this was, a, you know, not the best matchup in the world against Buffalo, but like these matchups that I just mentioned, he can probably do some things. And if you're if you're in need of a wide receiver three, if you're in need of a flex player, I think Elijah Moore is somebody that you need to pick up right now. I think you could definitely roll the dice on Elijah Moore. And, you know, obviously Mike White, he was in and out of the lineup. And I don't know what his status is moving forward, if he's going to be able to play next week. I think he's. they said he went and he got evaluated for some type of internal injury, which obviously is he, not good. He went, he went to the hospital, he got evaluated, and it seems like he was good to go and he was able to fly back with the team. Right. Okay. So that's good news. And even if Mike White, you know, wouldn't play, I think he's going to, if that's the case. Um, Joe Flacco, I think, could get it done too. Uh, he, we didn't see a whole lot of him, but we know they like to throw the ball a lot. And um, pretty much anyone but Zach Wilson is going to be okay for Elijah Moore because Zach Wilson just didn't throw to Elijah Moore. Uh, but definitely, if you if you are sitting, you know, at a spot where you're maybe in the, you're in the playoffs and you don't have a wide receiver three, I think Elijah Moore could definitely come through and fill that role for you because, like you said, he's now a full time player and this offense is going to be good. They're playing the Lions and they've been playing better football, but I think that the Jets have a pretty good matchup. You know, that week, uh, next week, going into that, Elijah Moore is going to be a contributor working alongside Garrett Wilson. The offense as a whole with Mike White has been, you know, perfectly, you know, conducive for fantasy production. Uh, I, I like Elijah Moore next week. And def definitely this week was really encouraging to see. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, and this was the highest rap participation that he's had since week three. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Devin Singletary on the other side of the ball, he ended up out touching and out snapping James Cook. This just seems like a backfield to avoid at this point. Like, yep. you know, unless you know, you know, these guys are going to be up in these games and they're going to be able to run the ball a ton. You know, not sure I love them against Miami next week, but against Chicago in week 16, you know, maybe, right? I can see that, you know, being a game where, you know, these guys can get 35 combined opportunities maybe. Um, but I don't know how you can trust them, you know, like in your championship week, for example, like unless you're desperate, right? Both are holds, I think, on your roster. Like I don't want to drop either of them right now uh, mm -hmm. because you never know what could happen. Uh, you know, it could go in one way, one way or the other. But like, this was pretty disappointing. You know, we and we knew this was. We talked about this right on Friday, I think it was, where it's like, you know, this. It was only a one week sample size with James Cook getting the yep. majority of the touches, and it just flipped right back to Devin Singletary. But in a situation where even Singletary didn't get, you know, a really high uh, distribution of the opportunities, it was relatively even for the most part of this yeah. game. Yeah, that's what it was. And the thing is, even if it would flip one way, like Devin Singletary, yeah, he got most of the touches this week, or James Cook got most of the touches last week. The ceiling on these back on these running backs is not very high. It's not going to be like guys like Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, that's a high standard to go to. But I don't even I'm not even sure it's like Zombin Knight. I think Zombin Knight has a higher ceiling than he's shown the past few weeks. I'm starting Zombin Knight over both of these guys regardless. You know, even if it oh, would yeah, go for one sure. way, I, I trust Zombin Knight to get it done. Um, even if he's splitting with Michael Carter over one of these two guys getting most of the work, just because they don't emphasize running back position very much at all in Buffalo. And, you know, you look at it, maybe you could say, oh, the low production was because of the Jets, which the Jets did give them fits. Once again, Josh Allen, you know, yeah. he struggled. And the offense as a whole, Stefan Diggs only had 37 receiving yards, which is just, right. just crazy. Um, 
you know, it was an off day. This is what I think you're kind of in line for. Because if you say that the Bills are going to get back and they're going to get right on offense, it's not going to be through the running backs. They'll be complimentary at best. And that's why I'm saying that their ceiling, it might be 15 points, you know? I, they're not going to be cashing a ton of balls. They're not going to be running a bunch. If they're scoring, it's going to be through Josh Allen. And that's part of the problem of being on an offense that's loaded like this. He might be a good talent in the backfield, but the way that they employed that they deploy this offense, it's just not going to be conducive enough for either either of these guys to be started on a weekly basis. And especially going in to the playoffs with this matchup as the most recent, that this performance, like you can't trust them. And I wouldn't. I agree with you. How about this Cowboys Texans game, huh? Yeah. Te- Texans out both of their top receivers. Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll rotating at quarterback. Yep. Uh, Chris Moore stepping up with 10 catches for 124 yards on 11 targets. You want to pick him up. Uh, great schedule the rest of the way in case Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins don't play, in case they get shut down. But miscues on special teams by Dallas. You know, A couple picks on offense by Dak yep. Prescott. You know, They kept Houston in this game, and the Cowboys almost lost it. You know, Luckily, <laughs> The Cowboys were able to, you know, at the end, you know, figure out a way to win that game. Uh, but it was it was definitely a close one. And as a Cowboys fan, I see you have your Dak Prescott jersey on right yeah. now, Zach. Uh, he redeemed himself. He redeemed he, himself. You looking like Zach, you're looking like Zach Prescott today. Oh, yes, of course. I, I am to do bringing it, back the Halloween costume <laughs> that I had the other <laughs> time that I wore. But the thing, the thing about this game, and just to preface this, a win is a win. Um, Dak Prescott redeemed himself. But it looked like this game was going to be exactly what we thought it was going to be, you know, with Dallas going up and then, you know, the offense coming off the field and they don't have to do anything um, until that muff punt. And then that gave the Texans life. And then the interceptions, like we said, and now I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I can defend, I think both of his interceptions, but the thing is he's been turning the ball over a lot and that's actually hurt his hurting his fantasy production. But the takeaway here isn't so much from the Cowboys because we know they're going to be able to, you know, get it done every week. Um, especially Tony Pollard. Again, he looked really good with two touchdowns. Just ridiculous. And Ezekiel Elliott, even in a down game, both of these guys got it done. But the takeaway for me here is, you know, the Texans offense, like you said, the receivers, two guys that could potentially be quality starters for you if you need them, you know, down the stretch. Um, this offense had no value before. And now Chris Moore coming with 11 targets, 124 yards. I'm not sure how much I trust that type of performance to be duplicated next week. But no. he should have a solid enough floor. Amari Rodgers did a little bit. He scored a touchdown. Um, he, I'm not starting either of these quarterbacks. You know, they had the platoon coming out. And I was sweating really bad, you know, this game. Because I was like, <laughs> we're, we're going to lose to a platoon of quarterbacks of Dres- Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. And Dallas lost it on that one pick. I could have sworn they lost the game with the five minutes left. That goal line stand was a miracle. And then the second yeah. miracle was going 98 yards for a touchdown. So that kind of renewed a little bit of hope in me that they could, you know, they're not uh, fakers, but scary game overall for me as a Cowboys fan. But the takeaway here, like I said, is Houston's players, not Dallas. Dallas can be fine. Tony Pollard looking like he's going to be able to produce week in and week out. That's the only thing you can really say about uh, Dallas. And Dak Prescott, he's been a middle of the pack starter for you. He's going to continue to be that. Um, not 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 much really to take away from this fantasy wise, but it was definitely a storyline in that one PM slate. Definitely, uh, yeah. what's it called if you're watching Red Zone. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. Um, and Damian Pierce, he had a solid game, uh, twenty two for seventy eight, a touchdown. But he did leave the game late with an ankle injury. Uh, right. Early prognosis seems to be a low ankle, so it's possible he's back next week. If he's out, uh, there's nobody on the Texans in the Texans backfield that I would play. Uh, we'll probably see a three way committee between uh, Dari Ogunbowale uh, and Eno Benjamin leading the way with Rex Burkhead kind of, you know, trailing and getting a couple touches here and there. So I would right. not go near that backfield if Damian Pierce is out. No. But what a game from Justin Jefferson against yep. the Lions. Redeemed himself for that f- from that first time against the Lions. 11 catches for 223 yards. It could have been an even bigger day if the refs didn't declare that Jefferson went out of bounds on what would have been another long touchdown. It would have been an extra 30 yards and a touchdown um, if they yeah. didn't call him out. Um, I'm kind of glad that they did because I was going up against them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they did, I would have probably lost my week. Uh, but the refs <laughs> called him out. Uh, but nonetheless, like the dude came through for you when you needed him the most. Yeah, that this is one of the big names that actually produced this week. You know, one a of lot the of only ones. Didn't. 
but he he's he produced and he came through big for you. So that that's you know one thing. Justin Jefferson, you know, I don't think anyone was worried about him having a dud performance, but with no. the way things were going, it seemed like you know he might he might not have. I think Justin Jefferson, he was very good. Obviously, I, a lot of this I think came in garbage time. Minnesota was down pretty much all day, but that's okay for fantasy football. With the way that the Vikings defense plays, every game is going to be high scoring, which means Justin Jefferson is going to have to be doing things on offense to keep the Vikings in the game. And they weren't in the game really at all against Detroit, but that's what you want to see, I think, from a fantasy perspective. If you're just a fantasy player, this is exactly the type of game you want to see for the Vikings receivers. It's crazy, man. Like The only guys, I'm looking at it right now, Christian McCaffrey, you know, obviously he came through. Yep. Justin Jefferson came through. Austin Eckler came through. Tony Pollard came through. Keenan Allen, even though he we had lower expectations on him. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, even though Josh Jacobs a little bit, Mike Williams a little bit, but that's really it, man. Nobody had like yeah. this huge day. You know, Tyreek did all right. Um, but yeah, like no one had this huge day, like besides those guys, which is crazy, man. Like the week that you needed so many guys to do their thing, like <laughs> yeah. they just fell through, you know. So you kind of, like I said, scratching, scratching and clawing your way into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, yeah. But hopefully you were able to get it done. Um, a guy that we were recommending this week was DJ Chark. Uh, he ended up coming through uh, as we thought he would. His second 90-yard receiving game in a row. Yep. Uh, not sure I'd be starting him next week against the Jets, uh, but I would hold him for Carolina, hold him for Chicago uh, the week after. Jamison Williams ended up getting his first catch in the NFL, and of course, it had to be a 41-yard touchdown. Um, yep. He only ran six routes in this game, so he is not startable right now, uh, right. but we'll keep an eye on those routes uh, as they continue to go up moving forward. Yeah, it's funny because I'm looking at all these re- numbers for the Lions receivers, like this team is playing really good offense. And it's not oh, yeah. just through Amon Ross St. Brown. Like DJ no. Chark looks like he's going to be a longer term contributor than, you know, maybe he might have looked like at the beginning of the season. Josh Reynolds, you know, I think that Rams connection with Jared Goff is kind of buoying him a little bit, but, you know, he's getting it done regardless. And now Jameson Williams, you add him to the mix. If only these running backs could have got it done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Imagine what the Super offense looks like. Then. Jared Goff. So frustrating. How about Jared Goff? Like, he's looking good. And I saw yeah, a report somewhere that he's like expected to be their quarterback, you know, next season. They might just roll with him. At this I point, why that. not? Like, That's a good choice. I, I think you have to. Because they're not you in know, tank position. They're not going to go get Brady exactly. or any of them. Yeah, go exactly. ahead. They're, I'm sorry, man. They're, they're a win-now team. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. they're winning now, like, with Jared Goff. And they're in position to make the playoffs. And why would you, why would you switch away from that at this point, right? Yeah, and people forget, you know, Jared Goff, he had a rough stint at the end of his time with the Rams, and he was pretty rough coming into this time with the Lions. But he has, you know, Super Bowl pedigree. He went to a Super Bowl. You know, he's been on successful teams, high-powered offenses that beat Patrick Mahomes in a 50-point to 50-point game. Like, he has this experience under his belt. He knows how to play football. And when he came to the Lions, this was a much worse roster. But since they've added guys on the line, the offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. They drafted Penny Will, who had a catch for a first down <laughs> to ice the game. Like, yep. this is a good offense. And with Jared Goff, all he has to do is play efficiently, which is exactly what he's doing. And he's throwing deep, deep passes, you guys. A lot of touchdowns. I saw him air it out a couple times, and it was end up in the receiver's hands for a touchdown. Like, I think you kind of upgrade this whole offense a little bit with the way J- Jared Goff is playing. And does Jared Goff, can we slide him in? Um, did we have him as a top 12? Can we slide him into the top 12? Is he a QB1 moving forward? I, I think maybe. Maybe, uh, but you got to keep in mind the the matchups that he just had, right? He he yeah. went up against Jacksonville last week, was able to put up 340 yards, went up against Minnesota, you know, went up, put up three, 330 yards. So these are the two worst defenses, you know, in the NFL when it comes to, quarter, you know, defending quarterbacks. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff, you know, comes back down to earth, right? They, they're going to go up against the Jets this week. So I will definitely not be putting him in anywhere near my top 15, 15 even, uh, and especially with all these quarterbacks coming back from by. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be in my top 18 this week. So it, it's, right. it's one of those, it's one of those situations where like it's going to be matchup dependent for me with Jared Goff. But the good thing, that, the good thing is that we know that you know, the receivers that should be getting it done will most likely be getting it done in most matchups, like Ahmad Ross St. Yeah. Brown. Um, DJ Shark might be a little bit more matchup dependent. Um, but, you know, 
in terms of like what he needs to get done when he needs to get done, I feel like he's capable of doing what he needs to do, you know, in those specific matchups. But we've seen him, you know, have a little bit of trouble with tougher matchups. Uh, but the good thing is that this Lions defense is now stepping up a little bit more, right? They've yep. been, a, a, I would say, like a good defense since their bye week. Um, they haven't been that same. Like, they're not like a good, quote-unquote, good matchup, <laughs> you know, yeah. for opposing offenses. Because, right. I don't know. And Kirk based- obviously threw for 400, you know, but yeah. that's Kirk Cousins in this offense capable of doing what they're doing because, you know, we saw what Justin Jefferson was capable of. Yeah, with this defense, I think it's relative. You look at the way they were playing at the beginning of the season, you look at them now. Middle of the pack is all you're asking for for them to be competitive, and that's what they've been. So yeah. it works. And Aiden Hutchinson's come on. You know, he looks like he's going to be a contributor. He's going to be really good for the Lions, not just this year, but, you know, down the stretch. Um, Kirby Joseph, too. It's not like they're out of playmakers there. They have guys on defense that can do it. They're just now putting it together. And, you know, that should bode well for their fantasy prospects, especially, you know, if they're in competitive games, it, it'll keep the game from getting out of hand and then garbage time just kind of wrecking it. Um, although sometimes that can be effective. But, you know, bottom line, the lines look good. The offense looks much better than, you know, it had looked the weeks after, at least going into the bye. Um, and that's just good news for everyone across the board. And hopefully these running backs can get somewhere, something going. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I don't know if it's good news for DeAndre Swift. Like, super yeah. frustrating day. Only six carries for 21 yards. Jamal Williams had 16 carries. Uh, only four targets for DeAndre Swift. Not sure why this is remaining a three-man split, uh, you know, in terms of snaps. Justin Jackson's still very involved. Uh, there's no reason why Jackson should get, you know, four carries when Swift is only getting seven, right? Right. Uh, and, and Swift, uh, Jackson only ran four less routes than Swift. So it's frustrating, man. Like, how are you dealing with Swift moving forward? You know, it's almost like he moved backwards this week, and they have the Jets next week. He's just a complete upside start at this point. I wouldn't want to start him as my RB1. I think RB2 you could get away with, but that's just for the upside. And dare I call him the Gabe Davis of the running back position? Because that's kind of what he's been <laughs> well, doing. Except and obviously he's we have Yeah, he's talented. He's also <laughs> he also has um he's only had one good week, you know, in the past like eight. So that's one thing. Yeah. It's hard to call him the Gabe Davis, you know, because we've seen Gabe Davis do his thing a little bit more often than that, but recently it hasn't been the case. Well, DeAndre Swift, he's just an offside start. You know, you can't really confidently start him at this point. If he's a flex, I think that's ideal. Um, you can start him as a flex and maybe get away with it. But with these guys coming off a of bye, you know, you might have better, more secure options for your flex as well. I think DeAndre Swift, he's liable to put up this type of performance every week now. I was hoping we'd see something similar to what we saw last week. Obviously, we were all jumping for joy because he got back to that role that made him, you know, a fantasy star. But it looks like it's just kind of going to go however it goes, you know, with this offense. And if DeAndre Swift is part of it, I don't think they have plans to really feature him um, as much as maybe these receivers. So I think for now, he's just an upside play. And I'm not too confident. Like I said, ideally, he's a flex for me. I don't want to have him at my RB2 unless I'm in desperate measures. But with these guys coming off by, you, you might have better options. And I think it would be okay to start guys with a safer floor, like maybe even David Montgomery. You know, obviously, he's going to be all right. But oh, yeah. I think DeAndre, I think DeAndre Swift's ceiling is higher than David Montgomery. But the thing is, the chances that DeAndre Swift hits the ceiling are a lot lower than David Montgomery, you know, having a solid day. And in the playoffs, you can't have those duds. Yeah. I mean, Montgomery's going up against Philly in week 15, but I'm going to be starting Montgomery over DeAndre Swift for yeah. sure. And it's tough because we, we had him ranked as a low-end RB1. It was looking so good. It's just yeah. sad. He just, his usage was great last week. We thought he was back. And now, apparently... He's not. Yep. And it sucks. Now, I, we talked about uh, Chigozi and Mokonkwo, right? And he needs to be yep. paid attention to because in redraft and dynasty, right? Six for 45 and a touchdown. He ran around on only 52% of dropbacks because he was sharing that load uh, with um, Austin Hooper. But he was targeted on 25% of his routes as a rookie. Okay. Uh, he's been looking great on a per route basis. He's leading all tight ends in the NFL right now in yards per route run this year. So crazy. Keep, an, keep an eye on him, okay? Dynasty, like uh, you might not even have him on your roster. So yeah. <laughs> pick his ass up. Um, you know, maybe he's on your taxi squad, maybe. But for me personally, like, you know, he should be picked up in redraft as well. Now, you got to keep in mind, Traylon Burks should be back this week. Mm-hmm. So the targets might not be flowing towards him. He's still sharing the load with Austin Hooper. 
uh, even though I believe that he, he shouldn't. But we could right. see his routes go go down a, li- a little bit more this week. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Trillenbergs could come back and then start demanding some more targets. So you know he's not a slam dunk by any means, but he remains a streamer because it looks like the talent is leaping off the page right now. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. You know, if he's just a streamer at this point, you know, you're fine to pick him up. You know, unless you have guys like I mean, Mark Andrews had a really quiet day, and but he's still going to be defaulted to I think tight end too. You know, um, unless you have Travis Kelsey at this point, it looks like it's just purgatory. Listen, let me ask you this. If, if if Anthony Brown is the quarterback next week, like if I have like David Njoku or something like that, I'm probably playing him over Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because you talk about another quarterback with a eh, quarterback situation, but Deshaun Watson, at least he's looking, you know, David Njoku's way, it looks like. So he's going to have that yeah. workload a little bit more locked in than maybe Mark Andrews. Who knows? Maybe Anthony Brown's just a target funnel for yeah, Mark Andrews. Know. I don't trust them to throw it that much. If they do truly just stick with Anthony Brown, they're not going to have a pass attack. I, I think it's going to be mostly run. I'd expect a Bryce Perkins-esque type of performance like we saw a couple weeks ago with the Rams where they just had to start somebody and they don't throw it a whole lot. So I think with the tight end position the way it is, and I'm not saying Chagosium Okonkwo is going to be someone you're going to be starting as a top five or six tight end. I think he slides right into consideration with all the rest of them because yeah. I, I think – you could make a case for to start him against the Chargers, I think, better than you could make a case for Mark Andrews to start with Anthony um, Brown at quarterback next week. Maybe. I, I think Okonkwo, you know, the way he's been playing, it looks like they're going to have him at least relatively involved. Um, that's all you can really ask for of a tight end at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I, I can't even <laughs> argue with that. To be honest with you, I can't. Um, it, it's now, crazy. Tight ends just are not very good this season. Saquon Barkley, you know, he he went into the game on Sunday with a 50-50 chance of playing. He ended up going, uh, but the injury costed him his normal role. Plus, on top of that, the Giants got blown out, so he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, but only 11 touches on 31% of snaps. Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida were very involved from the get. Um, they all ended up sharing work. They combined to out-touch Barkley. Um, but yeah, the Eagles just killed them. You know, that was part of the reason Barkley didn't play late in this game. And then on top of that, the neck injury. So hopefully he gets some full practices this week and he'll be able to go next week fully. That's the hope. Right. We'll just see. Another thing with the Giants. What happened to them? They were seven and two. They, they we are one. who they thought or we thought they were. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, you know, kudos to Brian DeBall. Everyone was calling him the coach of the year. I can't say I didn't see this coming because it's the Giants, but I mean, yeah, what are the odds? Do you think if they happen. keep losing, if they keep losing, like I don't think Saquon is there going to be a reason for them to keep fielding him? I mean, obviously they have to make a decision with his contract coming up, but like I don't well, know. They still got to make the play. They're still trying to make the playoffs here, right? Yeah. Like if they beat the if if they beat the Commanders this week, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. If they lose, though, I feel like like what are the if odds they, lose, they make though, the playoffs then? Right? Then like, it goes it goes. Very low. Because this is a big especially game. This like is the almost like a playoff win. game. Yeah, exactly. especially if the Lions win next week, then it's like a four or five team race for wild this card is, spots. This is a, a playoff game, pretty much between the Giants and the Commanders this week. Yeah, so Saquon, he's definitely going to play, but like you have to wonder if they lose. Like I would be concerned if I have Saquon that I'm not going to have him even for the championship in Week 16. You know, that would be a Say concern. It so. Say it in so, Zach. <laughs> Say it in so. Um, Say it in so. Let's see, man. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, regardless, hopefully they continue to play him. Like, if you, because that would be a really tough situation. Yeah. Um, Especially uh, with the way he started. It's just, it's just tough. Did you see Jared McKinnon, though? Like, did you see him? Oh, going yeah. Off I started him in one of my leagues. It did was great. Really? Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. up, man. good for you, man. Um, but that first catch that he made, like a wild toss from Patrick Mahomes. He, yeah. was, he was going out of bounds. Like, McKinnon did the rest. Like, he ended up with another long receiving touchdown. Uh, he ended mm-hmm. up catching seven of nine for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, his role didn't really change in this game. Uh, so, no. you know, don't o- overvalue him going into next week. But, you know, he's an upside flex play. You know, that's what he was this week, too. He has a very low floor. Uh, but the Chiefs get Houston next week. You know, these running backs are both in play again, both him and Pacheco. Yep. Uh, so, you know, he's still he's still going to be, you know, a potential flex play for you if you don't have anybody else. Yeah, did anybody have Jarek McKinnon for leading the Chiefs in receiving? 
yeah, <laughs> I don't think exactly. so. You know, that's just crazy. It's he played essentially the role of a receiver. You know, at this point, he had seven catches on nine targets. He only had six carries. He didn't do a whole lot with those carries, but the receiver work was good enough. I didn't seriously think he was going to have this type of game. I mean, I started him in one league just out of desperation. I actually started him over J.K. Dobbins, which you know worked out okay for me. But I was expecting this. Definitely don't expect this on a weekly basis either. These past two weeks have been his two best weeks, I think, for fantasy football this whole season. So we talked about the role. It hasn't changed. Um, the other thing that was weird is it was against the Broncos of all teams. You know, their defense was actually, you know, they've been holding teams down pretty well. They had no answers for the Chiefs yet. That's called yesterday. Uh, this is just like a blip, you know, a good blip. Usually, like you hear about a blip on the radar, it's bad. This is like a good blip on the radar. I'm not expecting this type of production every week, but you know, maybe he puts you into the playoffs if you were down a running back, you down David Montgomery, you replaced him with Jarek McKinnon. You're sitting pretty. Yeah, I would say so. If I think you'll be sitting pretty if you started Jerry Judy yesterday. Uh, He came through, you know, on the good matchup out of the slot against the Chiefs, eight for seventy-three on nine targets with three touchdowns. Uh, two from Russell Wilson, one from Brett Rippon. Uh, Judy has another great matchup out of the slot next week against Arizona. So Sutton potentially missing another game because of that hamstring injury. He should be in lineups this week again. Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, Brett, Brett Rippon got it done. The funny thing is, and it sucks. Uh, were you watching a Broncos game? Yeah. We were starting to see vintage Russell Wilson, which was crazy. Obviously, of course, against... Uh, the Chiefs of all teams, you know, down 27. Maybe they let up a little bit on the gas, you know, the Chiefs. They kind of let them do their thing. But Russell Wilson was making passes. He had, he wasn't making all season. Of course, he goes down with injury. Um, Jerry Judy did catch a third touchdown, you know, by virtue of them being at the goal line when Brett Rippon came in. Um, so I'm not giving too much credit to Brett Rippon. I'm not sure um, how awesome of a start he's going to be next week just because Brett Rippon's there and he didn't look too good. But He's um, an upgrade. You think Brett Rippon's an upgrade over Russell Wilson? Yes. What I saw from I, Russell I thought, Wilson I, yesterday, he looked okay. You know, I did I, not I, like what I saw out of Russell Wilson yesterday. I know that he put up the numbers, but for every good play that he had, he had two bad ones, and he put a, he I, had some yeah. really questionable head scratching throws. Like, what are you doing? You know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, he made some good plays, and Jerry Judy had a really good matchup this week. Um, the Chiefs you know, are a team that have let up the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks. So this wasn't a huge surprise to me. But the numbers were there for, for Wilson, but like, man, like there was some head scratching, like what are you doing type of plays from Russell Wilson yesterday where I'm just like, you know, the Broncos, if they started Brett Rippon all season long, they would have had probably three or four more wins than they do now. I really think that that, was, that would be the case because, the, you know, the way that Russell Wilson looked yesterday, was worse, I thought, in th- in this game than he did. He looked in a lot of other games this year. Um, Maybe I, I mean I, I guess I that's know. what happens. They did go down twenty seven nothing to start the game. So yes, I guess yeah. you could say that's true. But from a fantasy perspective, if I'm looking at Jeff oh fantasy, yeah, he, this he looked put like up a vintage Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This looked like vintage Russell Wilson. He was making the deep passes a little bit. He was looking a little bit better. Obviously, you know to come to be doing that coming down coming from down twenty seven is an issue, and that's what they've had all season. Um, but yeah, I'm not too ecstatic about Jerry Judy next week. I think it's going to be another quiet day. I don't have much faith in Brett Rippon. Not that I had a whole lot in Wilson, but I think he's just more of the same for Jerry Judy. Um, so I'm tempering expectations for Jerry Judy next week, even though he had this big performance, wouldn't be surprised if he went six for 50 next week. And I'm not saying that that's not bad, but I don't think it's going to be what a lot of people are projecting for Jerry Judy after that hat trick that he had. Yeah, no, I hear you. I just love the matchup, too. I, Arizona's given up so many fantasy points to slot wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see who they put uh, in the slot tonight um, against against them with uh, with uh, Jacoby gotta, Myers out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Jacoby Myers, who would it be? Like, n- not Nelson Aguilar. He's been on the outside. Like, I think, yeah, but I think in this game, Aguilar is going to be the one in the slot with uh with Myers out. I he did play the slot a couple times this year um with Myers out. You know, not, you know, kind of rotating inside outside. I think he'll be the primary slot this week. So we'll see. You know, maybe he can get it done. But I think, you know, Hunter Henry would probably be the biggest beneficiary tonight, you know, with Jacoby yeah. Myers out. Um right. but yeah, we'll see. You know, hopefully whoever you got tonight, whoever you need comes through. Um right. 
All right, so let's wrap this podcast up. Just a couple more things to talk about real quick. 49ers absolutely destroyed the Bucks. You know, Brock Purdy was solid. You know, made some key throws. Uh, yep. Christian McCaffrey looked like vintage CMC, right? Uh, Debo Samuel, unfortunately, suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, that You know, honestly, this is great news considering what it looked like when he was carted yeah. off. It looked like a season-ending injury. He was crying. Like, it was a bad scene. Did you see um, the play that it happened on, too? Like, it yeah, was, it, it, it it was, was gross. Yeah. yeah, it did not look good at all. Like, I, I almost felt like both of his legs were caught up weird. Um, yeah, you it know, looked so, like they both like bent out like sideways. It was weird. It was, it sucked, dude. And, um, you know, he's probably going to be out for a bit. You know, he might be out for the rest of the fantasy playoffs, right? If this is like a legit high ankle sprain. Um, so, and if that's the case, I think CMC's usage might get a little crazy the rest of the way. Um, because yeah. a lot of the ways they're using Debo, that's the way they use CMC as well. So just look out for CMC. He has a good, he has good matchups all the way through, um, you know, th- through your champion, through fantasy championship. So, you know, he- he's going to be able to get it done for you. Um, right. I want to talk about the Bucks backfield real quick. Rashad White led the backfield with 18 opportunities to Fournette's 11. Uh, White played four more snaps than Fournette, but Fournette had a couple more targets, ran 10 more routes than White. Um, it's basically like a net-net 50-50 split at this point. You know, they really just take each other's ceiling away. Um, but yep. at least they're being peppered in the pass game. So yeah. if you're in a PPR league, at least they have some sort of floor, uh, even in a tough matchup like this one. It's going to keep them relevant at this point. You know, the ceiling is gone with these two. Now you're playing them for the floor. Um, they're not, I don't think, I don't think either of them are top 20 plays at this point. There's a bunch no. of other guys with upside that you're going to be starting over them. So fall yeah. from grace for them, especially with what, you know, we anticipated Rashad White, hopefully being a little bit better than he's been these past few weeks. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. The Panthers' backfield moved to a three-man timeshare <laughs> with Raheem Blackshear getting into the action. He vultured a goal line snap, vultured a goal line touchdown. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, like you mentioned, like you started him yesterday. Good job. He he also played a ton of short yardage and goal line situations, which was unfortunate for anyone who started Deontay Foreman. Uh, none right. of these backs were on the field for more than fifty percent of snaps. So you know Deontay Foreman, you know. A couple weeks ago, he was getting all of the work, and now it's really a timeshare between him and Chuba Harvard right now. Right. And just from this game, I know it's not what we're talking about with the Panthers' backfield, but are you worried about mm-hmm. Geno Smith at all after that game? Um, I'm not worried about him. You know, they let him cook, you know, and we'll talk about – and and real quick, let's let's hit on Travis Homer real quick, and I'll kind of work my way into Geno. Like, he was on the field for 90% of snaps for the Seahawks. Travis Homer right. was on the field for 90% of snaps. You tell me any running back is going to be on the field for 90% of snaps. I'm like, oh, okay. This is, that's at least a top 20 week, top 20 week right there. Nope. Yep. 5.4 <laughs> PPR fantasy points, only 12 opportunities. Um, the process was okay. The execution was terrible. Um, the Seahawks, they get the 49ers next week. So if we have a similar injury situation, you know, with these running backs next week, <laughs> I don't think I'm playing Travis Homer unless I'm super desperate. Uh, right. But 90% of snaps, though, man. Like, what a lost opportunity there. Okay, so yeah, they let Geno Cook, right? And that's what happens when you let Geno Cook, right? Like, you know, the, the, it was more, it was a little bit of a trap game. I think Geno might have been underestimating the Panthers a little bit. Um, so that's kind of why I think the the Seahawks are playing on Thursday night, right? So uh, I feel like yeah, I think they are. They're playing the 49ers on Thursday night. So yep, this seems this seems like you know a situation where the Seahawks were potentially you know, looking forward to that Thursday night game as like the big game and they were underestimating the Panthers a little bit and they ended up with the L. Um, so I'm not worried about him. This is a tough matchup against the 49ers. So like I am tempering my expectations for Gina on Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. But I think after that, I'm not so concerned. I still think he's a quarterback one for fantasy. Right. I guess it's true. And I, I want to I want to pin it on you know he had a couple bad interceptions because two of them yeah. went right one of them went to J C Horn I forget who the other C J Henderson they both went yeah. right to the defender so that was just a little bit worrisome but I think with the playmakers he has you saw Tyler Lockett's catch like man <laughs> he still got it so uh, Marquise Goodwin got it done DK Metcalf yeah. got it done so and look look, look at Gino's output uh, he still had twenty two fantasy points in four That's point passing and touchdown scoring look at right. his last couple games like. Since week eight, 19 fantasy points, 22, 19, 20, 24, 22. So he's been getting it done for fantasy. And, you know, I wouldn't put him, you know, maybe next week, you know, DK Metcalf and Todd Lockett can take advantage of their opportunities and he could still get it done potentially next week, you know? Right. Um, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but after that, 
Kansas uh, Kansas City, and then the Jets, another tough matchup. But against that Kansas City defense, he should have a, a good week. So I'm not you know losing out hope on him, but he definitely has a tough matchup. Uh, two out of the three next, uh, two out of the next three games for sure. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tua, you know, really shut the bed it, last night. You know, he looked lost all game. It led to a very disappointing game from, you know, Jalen Waddle. You know, Tyreek Hill, though, you know, had a decent game. Got that fumble recovery touchdown that we talked about yep. earlier. Uh, but keep in mind, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I didn't mention DJ Moore. Apparently, he has an ankle injury that I just found out about. Um, he's getting tests on that. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, Tyreek also had an ankle injury. Obviously, he played through it. He'll probably be fine for next week. Just keep an eye on that. He'll likely land on the injury report. Uh, Jeff Wilson also got hurt in this game. He suffered He suffered a hip injury left in the second quarter. So monitor that because if he's out next week, Raheem Mostert, he's going to carry the full load against Buffalo next week. He'll be close to a must start, I would say, um, against Buffalo. Top 15 running back for sure. Um, right. But it is worth noting that Mostert was the guy to start the game. He handled most of the work early uh, before Wilson got hurt. And then Wilson started to come in and, you know, look okay. Um, but, yeah, man, just real quick to close it out. Justin Herbert, he put all the critics to rest yesterday, right? Yep. Emmanuel Acho is hurting today with all of his Justin <laughs> Herbert slander. Uh, yeah. But both Mike Williams, Keenan Allen came through. Keenan Allen, dude, 12, he caught 12 balls <laughs> on 14 targets, you know, <laughs> yep. for 92 yards. Like, he was just looking for him all game long. Um, he's looking like a PPR beast the rest of the way. And that's what we've known Keenan Allen to be. Justin Herbert looks for him, and Justin Herbert's a different quarterback when Keenan Allen's on the field. Keenan Allen is going to benefit from that. He got done even with Mike Williams having, you know, his catches. He had a touchdown. Keenan Allen didn't, which is bodes well, I think, for Keenan Allen. His production is pretty solid, not touchdown dependent. The offense is good. And like I said, the social media quarterback, he should be getting a lot of likes this week. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. And with that, let's close it out. Um, appreciate you guys. Listen, if you made the fantasy playoffs, congratulations. Okay. If you didn't make the fantasy playoffs, it sucks. I get it. All year long, this is what you've been waiting for to try to make it. But listen, it's all right. It happens. That's why we play the game. Uh, but, you know, what What makes it more fun is, you know, just keep watching football. At least now you can watch football without the pressure. Um, right. But just stay, you know, stay in tune with everything that's going on. Just make sure that you kind of stay on top of the news, stay on top of which players are breaking out. There's always players at the end of the season that ends up doing a little bit of extra, uh, extra, extra opportunity, you know, extra production. And those are the guys that might become values, you know, next year. So you want to p- keep paying attention. Don't tune out completely. That would be my advice. Right. Um, yeah. But we appreciate Definitely. you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, definitely don't tune out if you're playing out of a punishment, too. You know, that's one thing. <laughs> that's not, true. If your league has a punishment, you, your your matchups, your game doesn't stop now. You know, now it's avoid the punishment. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, good luck tonight, guys. Whoever needs, you know, whatever you need tonight in order for you to make the playoffs, good luck. Hope it works out for you. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for our waiver Wire episode at 9 a.m. Eastern time, uh, and we'll get it done. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you later. Bye-bye.